Welcome to Lincoln Educate, a professional development podcast series of interviews with students, young professionals, veterans, and professors of the supply chain industry to discuss how supply chain and logistics has changed in terms of recruiting, training, and more. My name is McKenna Morales, and I am the web editor for both Supply and Demand Chain Executive and Food Logistics Magazines. Today, I am talking with industry veteran Justin Goldston on how supply chains are in every industry and what their expectations are now that more companies are starting to implement new emerging technologies. All right. So, Justin, first off, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Why did you choose to work in the supply chain? My story is kind of a funny one in that my plan A was to have a career in baseball. Okay. Um, so, so as, a, as, a, as an undergraduate, uh, I was playing baseball at North Carolina A&T. And okay. in the spring semester, we always would travel on Wednesdays. And Mm -hmm. also, I was a computer science major, and we always had mandatory computer labs on Wednesdays. So Mm -hmm. I went to the chair of the the, uh, computer science program and said, I play baseball here. We we travel on Wednesday. She's like, well, you have to make a choice, computer science or baseball. Wow. So I I was not too fond of programming, so it was an easy choice for me. Mm-hmm. And whenever I was, you know, sharing sharing my day with my teammates, uh, one of my one of my teammates said that he just switched over to a a new supply chain program in the in the school of business. So mm-hmm. I mean, I was a naive freshman and said, "What's the worst that can happen?" Right. So right. <laughs> so in the next so in the next term, I um, took an introductory to supply chain class. And I will say that my father was a plant manager for a manufacturer. So a lot of time counting inventories on Saturday mornings. So within that intro to supply chain class, you know, I was understanding what the professor was talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. and I liked it. And I said, hey, I get what this guy's talking about. (laughs) So, and I would also say, you know, the, the professors further solidified my passion for the discipline in that they brought the content to life. Mm-hmm. You know, they did not just simply talk about the theory, right? So, mm-hmm. so I think that, I th- and, they, and they kept, you know, bringing home the point where this is real world. We're not talking about theory that you talk about in the communications class and leadership class and general business class, right? This is something that you could actually do and apply, you know, and I, and, and that, and, and my, my internships about it at that point, you know, during the summers. So I seen that, you know, this is a discipline where it, 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 you can make a little money in this industry. Again, I'm undergrad mindset right so, yeah. so you know so i was like okay i can i can i can get it i can dig this so and, and, and again it was just it was just it was the experience it was my experience in high school right you know mm-hmm. and it was my professors and it was my it was my internships that kind of made me fall in love with the industry and i haven't mm-hmm. turned back since <laughs> that's all interesting i feel like no one at- well, I'm sure people actually seek out the supply chain now a days, but I fell into it, you fell into it. I know so many people where the industry found them instead of mm-hmm. us seeking it out. I think that's really common here. 
I would say, especially now in, in, in higher education, I would say that would be 90%. Mm. And I would say that, unfortunately, it's because people don't understand what it is. Right. They don't understand the supply chain discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, I was teach I was teaching in a traditional in a traditional environment just before before the pandemic, you know, and I was teaching managerial decision making, right? We was part of supply chain class, but right. all of the undergraduates in the business program had to take this class, mm-hmm. you know. So I was just like my previous professors. I was sharing my experiences within a supply chain discipline. You know, I was I was saying that whenever I graduate, whenever I left your seats, I was in your seats. I know I don't. I'm I might I might I might I'm not, I'm not that old. Okay, so you know, once I left your seats, I was traveling the world, consulting. Mm-hmm. I was being a supply chain consultant, consultant and getting paid for it. Right. right. That's an easy sell, right? So so you know, I was sharing my experiences. I said this discipline is is one of, is what is 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 it's very it's very lucrative, right? Mm-hmm. So and, and you can and there's never a dull moment. And and there's not many of us out here as compared as compared to general business, right? Mm-hmm. And if you have this particular discipline, every single organization needs someone in the supply chain. Mm-hmm. Whether you're whether you're doing a product or a service, you need operations management thinking, right? Even if right. you don't make a single product, you need to increase your operation, you need to increase your efficiencies within your organization, you learn it within supply chain. You touch on it within two modules within a business class, but that's the focus within that supply chain, within that supply chain discipline. So as I explain this to general business students, I had a number of students to say, well, I just went to general business because everybody, my friends went to it, right? Right. That's why that's that's why we that's why we pick majors in undergrad, right? Mm-hmm. So so they say, you know, once you explain it, once you bring it to life, now we get it. You know, now we right. understand the importance of it. And I think that the the pandemic has brought this discipline um, more more visibility. Right. I think it also helps people finally understand what it is, too, because they saw all the auto stocks in mm-hmm. school or in stores. And my mom was always like, I know that you're a writer. I don't know what you're writing about. But now she's calling me up every single day. She's like, what's going on with the supply chain? Yeah. What's the supply chain? <laughs> Not like all of it. There's so much part, right. so many parts. But then I think your comment was interesting too about general business students because the college that I went to is a very small engineering school in rural Wisconsin. And that's how they do it. They have the major, and then they have an emphasis that they can choose. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering how you think now that more colleges are having supply chain majors, how do you think that will change the industry? I think that I think that there will be one. There's well, I would say I would say there's going to be a greater need, but there's always going to be a greater need. But I think that you're going to see more students going into that particular discipline right Mm -hmm. and and given that you know a number of of leaders you know understand that I teach operations management supply chain management I have people come to me all the time you know Mm -hmm. as they say you know we need we need supply chain so for example at that brick and mortar you know we had a career fair and I had Mm -hmm. two I had 
TJ Maxx, um, Penske, and another local another local uh, manufacturer. You know, come come to me after the career fair and say we need these people. You know, okay. yes, we, yes, we can, yes, we can train general business, but what you're teaching in the classroom is what we need today. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't, we don't have time to be trained to train general business people on supply chain management concepts, right? So they are, they are, they are. In the industry is is, see, is seeing the need um, of this discipline. Institutions are seeing the demand. And institutions are also seeing the importance of the integration of different disciplines. Um, and and I, I'll save that because that, that, one, that, that discussion might, might, might take a couple minutes. <laughs> no, that's okay. I think eventually the supply chain will be a major at m- most universities, but then they'll break it up into segments like how they do with business right now. Right. And they'll right. have like an emphasis in warehousing and an emphasis in procurement or e-commerce and that's mm-hmm. what I, I think that's what will happen in the industry and I'm really looking forward to seeing that because the supply chain is so big and it's so right. broad how can you teach it in just like one class or one semester right yes I, I completely agree with that because um, I think that I believe that Harvard is doing well. Harvard is doing that that specialization or focus where Harvard has supply chain management with an emphasis on innovation, right? Okay. With, an emphasis, with an emphasis on sustainability. Mm-hmm. And I I think that there's not going to be like you said, it's not going to be an emphasis. It's going to be a major. Right. No, it's going to be supply chain innovation, right? I can I can do general supply chain. But I can do mm-hmm. supply chain innovation. I can do supply chain technologies. Mm-hmm. Supply chain technologies is going to be the big. Is going to I think it's going to be the biggest one. Yeah. Because because I mean I'm actually I'm actually researching with an institution in Germany where I'm creating okay. a class on industrial automation. Right. Mm-hmm. That's all supply chain, and we're talking about you know the innovative process, and we're talking about integrating artificial intelligence on the plant floor. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talked about industry 4.0. But we're not there yet. We're talking okay. industry 4.5, right? <laughs> with these, with these, and like artificial intelligence wasn't wasn't they, it wasn't even a, a conversation whenever we're talking about 4.0, right? Ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Now we're going to the next phase of it, and we're integrating all of these different. Yes, yes, we have these smart plant floors, but all of these systems are disparate. They're separated. They're not talking to each other, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where this next phase of the of the of the industry 4.0 mindset is going to going to come into play. Right, and all the technologies are going to work together. Yes. In the future, instead of work separately. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mentioned briefly that you are helping build a supply chain program, and I know that you've done some that for a university here in the states. Can you just talk about that a little more? I think that's so interesting. Yeah, so I would say that my, my, my greatest achievement <laughs> within <laughs> higher education was creating the supply chain program at uh, North Carolina Wesleyan College. Okay. Um, and, and it was it was very interesting in that, you know, I, I initially proposed to take out all of the quizzes. You know, and, you know, the dean gave some pushback, but I said that this discipline is different than your general business. 
You know, mm -hmm. this is practical application. And if we have students, you know, are graded on their application of these processes, if they're graded based on creating a creating a presentation where they find out a business problem within our organization, work with the leaders of their organization to find a solution, a proposed solution, right? Using a, an approach such as the Mayic. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're yes, you're demonstrating you know the knowledge, and now you're able to take that presentation and give it to your manager. Right. Right. And once that was implemented, I had a number of individuals that were promoted. I have a number of individuals that had those ideas that they worked on for 10 weeks, right? And get implemented within an organization. You know, so so that is one thing that is, I think, changing within higher education. And I'm also working um, with other researchers from uh, from Georgetown from, at, at Georgetown, and we're collaborating with individuals from the University of Maryland and Rutgers to create a Master's of Supply Chain program at, at Georgetown. Um, so it's very it's very interesting. It, 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 it I'm, I'm having the time of life right now during even amidst the pandemic. Um, but, but, you know, one thing I do want to point out with that new program at Georgetown is that, you know, it is that integration of the different disciplines. And I say that we have, you know, those technologies, artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain, kind of sprinkled in to almost every single class. Mm -hmm. You know, regardless of what you're talking about, we're talking about forecasting, purchasing, you know, whether you, because we have a whole class on uh, emerging technology and supply chain, right? But again, it's not standalone. It shouldn't be standalone. Right. Right. You have to show the demonstration, you have to show the integration of technology within a sustainability course, within a purchasing course, within a forecasting course. And I think that we, we wanted to stress the importance of that whenever building out that program. And then again, with that, with that course in Germany, that is, although industrial automation has been around, we're going, we're going a step further, right? We're going to the next level where we're talk, we're talking about, you know, we need, we need, to, yes, we have these, yes, we have these robotics within our factories, but they need to be integrated. You right. know, and that whole course, that's what that course is centered around. You know, the first, the first week we're saying, look at Tesla. Right. Tesla tried to create what we call lights out manufacturing, where they tried to have robotics running their entire organization. Right. Mm. Although they although they were somewhat successful, they're not there yet. Right. And I think that the missing link, you know, is that integration. And that's what we're talking about. So, again, it's that it's that research, it's that collaboration that we're talking about here within the supply chain industry. Right. And like warehouse automation is going to be so important to post pandemic. Mm -hmm. So my dad works in a factory and it has no automation whatsoever. And he is a 63 year old man. He's very old. And he told me once, cause it's a soap company as well. And he's like, McKenna, I have never worked so hard in my entire life with this. And I'm like, my God, you shouldn't be working that hard. Like there's tools to help you do this. And so I think when you're implementing this technology and this automation, education has to be a big part of that. And when you have courses like that, it helps people understand that it's making 
people's lives easier. It's not yes. adding so much pressure onto them or like pressure on their bodies mm -hmm. as well. And so I just always think about my dad whenever we talk about right. warehouse automation. I'm like, you old man. Yes. <laughs> Kids I, I, I had this discussion, of, I think, Friday, you know, when I was talking about, I talk about this stuff all day, every day. Right. You know, passion, right? I love it. And, and you know, you know, people say, you know, I had one individual say, like, you can say whatever you want to, but, you know, this automation is going to take away from jobs. And, you know, I said that within manufacturing, there is a study out there, there's one statistic out there that says within the next three years, 40% of the workforce, like your father, mm -hmm. they're going to retire. Right. right. And people within this generation, people my age, people younger than me, I'm an old man. People younger than me don't want to work in a factory. Right. So who are going to, who's going to replace the 40% of the workforce within that, within that industry? Mm -hmm. You have, you have, you're going to have to, organizations are going to have to depend on this automation. Right. You're not, not going to be able to find people to, to, to replace those that are going to retire. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, this automation is, is going to be a necessity. To some, mm -hmm. to some organizations because they're not, they're not going to have the people. Right. And that's something that my dad always told me too growing up. He said, never work in a warehouse because if you work in a warehouse, you'll never get out of it. And mm -hmm. that's not the best advice to give to people because that's a fine job to have. But it's the older workforce that, that is in it. It's hard to recruit and retain younger employees to be in there. Mm -hmm. Oh. And so I had something else to say along with that, but I think I forgot. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that, that's an excellent point in that, you know, that one of those organizations that, that I was working with at the career fair, they said exactly that. You know, they said that, you know, yes, we work in, yes, we, yes, we are a manufacturer. I said, yes, whenever we, whenever we bring in interns, you know, we say that your, your office is going to be in a, in, a, in a warehouse, you know, and then once we say that, you know, those those undergraduates say, well, I didn't get a degree to work in a warehouse. Right. But I say that, you know, I share my experiences, right? I said, mm -hmm. I, spent four, I spent four years working in a warehouse, mm -hmm. right? You know, you have to start somewhere. You're not going to start at the 10th floor of an of a, of a office building, you know, once you got an, under, once you got an undergrad. You know, you, right. you have to start somewhere. And if you, if you start in this industry and you understand every single process within that industry, that's how you're going to be an effective leader within a supply chain discipline or within business. So even if you start supply chain, you don't like supply chain, you can be in leadership because you know the processes, the ins and outs, the daily operations of every single department in an organization, you're going to be an excellent leader for the organization. I 100% agree. And then the good leaders are also the ones that are going back on the floor. Yes. Ooh. Yep. Doing those gamble walks. <laughs> Yeah, and no, like the walks. Yeah, you can't be successful. You can't be an effective leader if you're not with your employees. Yes, well. I always say walk to talk. No, I don't say decisions. I say leaders. Mm -hmm. I say walk to talk. Demonstrate, demonstrate your body and demonstrate you understand what 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 these what these shop floor uh, uh, employees are doing on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. They're keeping they're 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 keeping these doors open. 
Not you. Right. The right. youth always employees are keeping the doors open. Right. So you need you need to invest in these individuals. Mm. That is something that we've learned so much within the last few months of the pandemic. Yes. To and that is like the there's a reason why they're getting like combat pay during this time. People are starting to realize how important they mm -hmm. are. And they're going to continue to be important. They're not just important because we're in a global pandemic. They've always been an essential part of the supply chain. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So how has the industry evolved since you first started? I would say that the industry is more recognized. And I'd say that whenever I came into industry, supply chain management was kind of somewhat seen as an expense. Right. right? And, but now this industry has, is, has been seen as, okay, we can leverage supply chain management as a competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. I say, whenever I talk about supply chain management, I say, look at Amazon. Amazon was selling books, right? <laughs> now they, they've used supply chain management to become one of the largest, most, most successful organizations in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And although some may argue, I say that Amazon was a saving grace for a lot of people, individuals mm -hmm. around the world, not just United States, around the world during a pandemic, during the last, during the last few months, right? Yeah. And they did that through supply chain management and logistics, mm -hmm. right? So, and, and I would also say, you know, for those that are listening to this, I would say a large percentage, you know, have heard the term supply chain management when watching the news, you know, since March. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's gaining national, you know, visibility. Now individuals are seeing the importance of supply chain. You know, in 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 the past, whenever I said I was a supply chain consultant, people say, What is that? I would have to bring out my phone and say, you know, your phone here is, you know, Apple has to take that phone and bring it from concept, you know, to reality, to, to the phone in your hand. Right. You know, it takes 50 steps for that to happen. It takes 50 steps at a minimum for to Apple to create the iPhone 50, you know, wherever we're at right now, right? <laughs> but now, you know, I can use the example of, you remember, you remember the pandemic? Remember how we had a shortage on, on masks? You know, mm -hmm. you know, we had the shortage because people could not find the materials. The materials they had, we have a heavy reliance on China. China was shut down, right? So mm -hmm. now we couldn't get materials. So now we have to find alternate suppliers in the United States. Now we found them. Now they're backed up because the demand's high, right? Right. So you have all of these impacts, all of these factors that make up supply chain management. Right. And, and, you know, I'm pretty sure, I'm sure you've heard of the, you know, the game, the, the game, the, the simulation called the beer game, you know, we've used it, we've used it in the industry for, for years. See, now we have, now we have a new simulation. We've got the Corona game, right? It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect real life scenario, you know, as opposed to a fictitious, you know, beer game where you have the distributor, manufacturer, supplier, retailer, now we have now we have the 
end customers. We had the patients. We had the hospitals. You know, we had the mm-hmm. suppliers. We had the manufacturers. You know, we have real life. Unfortunately, you know, we have real life simulations that you know we can we can just we can bring up. You know, to discuss this this practice of supply chain management. Right, and then you're currently teaching, correct? Yes. So how did how was your teaching style affected by the pandemic? People can it's more relatable now. Mm-hmm. So whenever whenever we so we were about halfway. As a matter of fact, at the brick and mortar institution I was teaching at, we had spring break when everything began to shut down. Okay. You know, so once we transferred, we had a week, mind you, to transfer the rest of the semester <laughs> online. But that kind of gave me the freedom to change my content. Mm-hmm. You know, so I said, no, we have we have the we have this in the syllabus. We're gonna hit these top we're gonna talk about these topics, but we're gonna focus on COVID nineteen. Right. Right. We're going to focus on exactly what's happening in the world right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so we talked about for forecasting, we talked about how, you know, forecast, we're going to see these spikes. We're going to see these artificial spikes in forecast. How do we, how do we adjust to that? Right. Right. When we talk about data visualizations, I was able to retrieve information from um, the university, from uh, Harvard university on, you know, the number of uh, COVID uh, cases. By county mm-hmm. for each state. Okay. Right. So whenever we're talking about data visualizations, we talked about Tableau, imported information in Tableau. We had the students provide those visualizations. Mm-hmm. Real time data with data that's happening right now. Now they relate to that and they don't forget it. Right. Because it's relatable. Right. We're mm-hmm. not just talking about case studies. We're talking about real life here. Right. You know, so that I think that you know I was able to, unfortunately, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. able to pull real time, real life information and build it into the curriculum. Right, and that's so cool too. And I think that's something that supply chain students really have an advantage of. Mm-hmm. Currently, it's like a poor circumstance to have this advantage because mm-hmm. it's happening in real time and that all their professors and their teachers have that industry experience too. While as like I was an English major, that was my professor's end goal was to be a teacher at a university. And mm-hmm. so to have that industry knowledge is just going to be really effective to them, especially in the in this COVID age, they're able to see it happen in real time because when it was first starting, everybody was comparing it to po- the economy to post 9-11 or to the 2008 recession. And I'm 25, so those examples made no sense <laughs> to me. I, was, I, was, I, think I, was in, I think I was in high school then, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to call. Yeah, and so I had to call people and be like, is this really similar to how it was then? Because I was just too young to Mm -hmm. realize. And now they're learning about it and have those real-time experiences instead of having these past examples that might not make the most sense to them. Because Mm -hmm. some of them probably weren't even born yet. Right, right. 9-11 happened too. And it's just... It's crazy to think about that they're learning this in real time. And that is what the industry wants. We want the real time 
transparency and students aren't getting that right mm -hmm. oh. absolutely absolutely and that's why i love this that's why i love this discipline yeah <laughs> and then if you were to go back to college oh i I guess you kind of did. So the question I was about to ask you was, if you could go back when you were in college, would you have majored in the supply chain? But you found it. Yes, so yes, I have my undergraduate in supply chain, I have my graduate degree in supply chain, but whenever I was thinking about going back um, to get my doctorate, I did consider the supply chain uh, discipline but given that my plan was to stay in consulting, you know, I felt that it would be better to serve my clients to, to get a uh, terminal degree within leadership and organizational change. Um, mm -hmm. But with that, I knew that I would be able to blend the two, right? I said the leadership and organizational change. Right. With supply chain management, you're going to be implementing change all, all the time, right? So mm -hmm. that organizational change piece was very important to me, right? Mm -hmm. That leadership piece was also important because you have to influence the change. Right. So it, it was, it's very important to blend that. And, it, and, and I think that, you know, that plan has been intact where, you know, supply chain, I can't get away from it. Right. I can't I can't get away from it. I love it. And I think that it's important. And, and, and this is one. This is another thing where I've seen the most some of my most effective peers. They've blended their disciplines. Yeah. Right. Where where some people some people undergraduate supply chain, graduate supply chain, doctorate supply chain. Yeah. But then I had one where he was. He had a graduate degree in psych and in, in marketing. Mm. And then he did his doctorate in psychology. Okay. So, but think about it. Marketing is like a lot. You're, you're, you're trying to get into the psyche of the consumers, right? So he's blend now he's blending the two. And I said, man, that is brilliant, man. I said, Do you have that? You have a plan now? He's like, no, I just like psychology. He <laughs> said, but <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, he's now he's able to blend, blend those two disciplines and, and translate that to his students. He's now able to, to put that into practice within the industry. And he's able to see things like other people can't see. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, that is, and another thing, once I, once I was seeing those things during my, during my doctorate, you know, that, that is what kind of, spawned me, you know, to get a third master's in data analytics, right? Because mm -hmm. I was saying that, oh, I can blend this supply chain with leadership. I can blend it with organizational change. And then given that I was doing a lot of research, because I did my dissertation on ERP systems. I was in the okay. It was low hanging fruit for me. So, <laughs> so it, it, but I was doing a lot of research on blockchain. Artificial intelligence was just starting to be, to be discussed within, within the ERP um, industry. You know, mm -hmm. and given that I see that growth, I see that potential, you know, I went and got, I'm getting my third doctorate in data analytics. And again, I'm going to further integrate that. Right. So now you're having data analytics, you're integrating it with supply chain management, and now you're integrating it with organizational change. Right. Mm -hmm. So now you take it three disciplines, 
putting them together. That's really smart. I've only ever heard that's such a teacher thing to do too, because I originally started out as an education major. I clearly did not get far in it, but that was a piece of advice that what my intro to ed professor gave us that if you were to go into and get your master's, don't get it in education, get it in another field. So mm -hmm. I was going to be an English ed teacher, but I really wanted to work with special needs students. So I had a special ed planner and he was like, so when you go on to get your master's, get your master's in special ed instead of English and just work your way through that. And it's just so you can blend your career. And yes. it makes a lot of sense to do that for the supply chain as well, because there's so many different sectors. Yes. It's so, it's so broad. I didn't, I didn't know that coming in and going in as an undergrad. Supply chain, supply chain. Okay. I make products. Yeah. products. Okay. But then, you know, as you get into it, as you start working in it, you say, supply chain affects every single operation within an organization. Right. I could be, I could be in supply chain, but I could be working in marketing. I have right. to tell, I have to tell marketing what the, what the forecasting is or what markets to hit, you know, to get, to get, you know, to, to focus that, those marketing efforts on. Mm -hmm. I have to work with sales you know, to understand and develop a forecast of how much product I need. Mm -hmm. So I have to work for every, with every single department within the organization to create an efficient supply chain. Right, and I don't think anyone, when they hear the word supply chain, they don't think about how broad it is and how it hits literally every single industry until they're in it. And that's something that really stresses me out about like intro to supply chain classes. How are students able to, to learn about the entire thing and just- Bring everything in and do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it has to be that separate major because when you're yes. just throwing it in there and like your gen ed class, it like nothing's going to get retained in that. Yes. Absolutely, 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 and it's the same. It's the same thing with grad with graduate programs where you're, te where you're teaching operations management. You know, you're trying to teach operating. You're teaching forecasting in one week. You're teaching technology, teaching ERP systems in one week. Teaching purchasing mm -hmm. in one week. Teaching lean six sigma in one week. What? No. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I, I completely, I completely, I completely get it. But I think that a lot of institutions are now having like the operations management as operations management as the holistic view and then you kind of get into the supply chain management after that in a yeah. program. So you're separate, yeah. you're seeing that separation. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And so do you teach a lot of underclassmen or do you focus on like the juniors and seniors? It's so in the undergraduate, it's juniors and seniors. Okay. In the graduate, I teach a lot of, I mean, I, I would say that I teach 70% graduate, the rest is um, undergraduate, but at, at Penn State, um, it's, it's all undergraduates in the uh, projects and supply chain management uh, program at Penn State. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of good things uh, going, going on there. Well, what was on your next question? Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, that's okay. I actually interviewed Felisa Higgins for this podcast series. Mm -hmm. I know that she teaches at Penn State. But what advice would you give to today's freshman students that are majoring in the supply chain? Yeah, so with the freshmen, I would say to, 
always tell the students to, I, I want to make you better than me, right? I was mm. one of those knucklehead freshmen that, you know, when, <laughs> you know, they really, they really didn't have, they really didn't have any direction, really didn't have a path. But, you know, I would say that I've, I've learned from that and I try to mentor, you know, I try to mentor as many people as early on as possible especially within a supply chain industry. And, and for those freshmen, I would say to make your studies meaningful. Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is, is that don't, don't just take classes just to get a grade, right? Make those classes meaningful. Try to, try to focus your studies on something that you're interested in. You know, for example, I had a huge, I have, I am, huge on, you know, emerging technologies for this much. Always have been, right? That's why I went into my career in ERP systems. You know, and, and now, you know, all of my studies are focused on artificial intelligence, machine and machine learning, blockchain, and integrating those within supply chain management. You know, and you know, with all of that research, although I may use 20% of it, right, in the class, or I may use 20% of it in in a in a, a peer-reviewed journal pub, a publication. All that stuff is saved in my Google ball, right? I'll refer back to it. And, and I'll say that, you know, for a freshman, save everything. Google Drive is free. Data storage is cheap. And uh, I'll refer, I'll refer back to, to content in my undergraduate course when I graduated in 2006. Mm -hmm. you know, whenever I had, and I was creating, you know, those, those forecasting models and things like that. So whenever I had clients, you know, that did not understand forecasting and said, we need to start from ground zero. I'll pull stuff. I would pull stuff from my undergraduate and say, here's spreadsheets. Here's exponential smoothing. Here's three month blooming average. Here's, 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 here's step eight. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and so again, you, you, you're never going to know whenever you're going to, you're going to need that information, but, I would say for, for undergraduates, I would say to make your, make your, make your education meaningful um, because it's only going to benefit you, only going to benefit you in the end. Um, also, continue to stay current in the market. Um, this supply chain industry is evolving like never before. Um, I, I remember in 2007 when I was talking about cloud computing to organizations, you know, and leaders were kind of hesitant in that. Well, who's going to own my data? Or what if what if the server goes down at this at this hosting site? You know, what if this gets hacked? Now, fast forward, you know, ten plus years, and now all of these ERP providers—that's all they're offering is cloud. Mm -hmm. And now all now they want to move all of their clients to the cloud from on-premise. You know, so so it, it, yes, it takes time. But I think that the industry is evolving even quicker with artificial intelligence because it's here mm. and it's here to stay. You know, so so keep keep stay current in the markets because I think that's going to be a differentiator. You know, whenever you get to know the interviews, if you have knowledge of integrating, you know, these technologies within within you know, the supply chain industry, that's going to give you a leg up. Also, and I would say most importantly is, you know, in your programs, look for opportunities like certifications. Um, so, for example, at Penn State, we have partnered with SAP where you can take three, you can take, so you, you, your, 
you're required, based on the program, you're required to take two of the three classes, but the third class is an elective. It's Intro to ERP Systems with SAP in the MIS program. So if you take that third class as an elective, you get an SAP certification before you even graduate. That's awesome. Right. That's a, that again. That is a, that's the how that's how sell the students. said this is differentiated. I said you have a leg up alone with this with the with the project and supply chain management degree, but now you have another notch in your belt with an SAP certification. Even if you don't go into SAP, now you're demonstrating your knowledge in the industry with ERP systems. Even if you want to go to the N4, if you want to go to Oracle. You know, if you want to want to go to those those other you know ERP providers, and if you don't want to go the ERP, even if you want to go the ERP provider route or the consulting route, you know, if you want to go in the industry, now you're demonstrating to that employer, that manufacturer. Now you understand these technologies. Now I can be now I can be an entry level analyst. Mm-hmm. You know, I have I have that knowledge. So uh, look out for those certifications. Um, also, we have worked with the Project Management Institute, um, where you can. You can gain a number of PDUs by taking classes that you're required to take. So again, you're you are you're already uh, you know ahead of the game. You know in in terms of preparing to to gain those certifications like the P and P certification and the Cap M certification. You know just by you know taking the classes that that you're required to take within the program. So I think that you know to be on the lookout for the opportunities within the program itself once you enter into the program. That was long. Right. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That it made me think like, oh man, I should go. I wish I could go back to my college career because <laughs> that was a really good advice. I would have never thought about that because there's so many things that you can do on your own that would help boost yes. your resume. And that's what people are trying to do constantly. And they're not always looking at like the jobs or, or not just the activities that you're involved in in school or your GPA for that matter. They want right. your certifications and they want yes. what you're able to do. Thank you. Oh, of- internships. Internships are very important. Right. Very important. Yes. Yes. More important than certifications, I think. <laughs> do you think that does your school currently require each graduate to have an internship before they get so in the business program in the business program at Penn State you're required to do an internship in the project and supply chain management program it is optional but we are working as a team to find ways to not really because it, it, it needs to go to a lot of approvals right <laughs> to make that mandatory but yeah. we're looking for a way to encourage um, um, grad students to enter into uh, internships. Now, the students that I advise, they're doing internships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I show how important it is, you know, to their mm-hmm. careers. You know, and, and, and because whenever I was an undergraduate, it was a different world from a student perspective, from a student learning perspective. You took classes, they gave you a degree, good luck, right? Yeah. Now I think there is more, especially with me, you know, there's more of a mentoring. Um, I think I'm obligated to be a mentor. I'm obligated to prepare these people for successful careers, right? Mm-hmm. So that goes into to say, although this is optional, it's gonna be very important for you because those, those other students 
from Lehigh, those students from 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 Penn, those students from Arizona State, those students from Michigan State, they're going to have those internships. Right. So to compete, you're going to have to have this internship. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm, I am transparent and students love it. Yeah. You know? and, and, and I say, this is a company. Once you, once you get, once you leave, once you leave these doors, once you get that, once you get that diploma that says Penn State on it, now you're in a competition. Right. What's going to be your differentiator? You're going to get these certifications. Yes. Check. You're going to get the internship. Check. Now show, now show you are able, you're able to learn from that. Now show you're able to not just talk about theory, but how you can apply what you've learned to that organization. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the internships, very important. Yeah, and then you touched on mentoring a little bit as well. And I think that is very important for industry, especially if you're a newcomer within, sorry, everybody's talking to me right now. Told them, have an interview, leave me alone. <laughs> um, but anyways, I think mentoring is important for any industry that you're in, but especially in the supply chain where things change constantly and you probably, it probably found you, you didn't find it. Why do you think mentoring is so important within the industry? I think mentoring is, first off, personally, I'll start personally first that mentoring is very important because my mentors instilled with me to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. I had a number. So I would say that my, my biggest mentor was in my undergrad, Dr. Tracy Rischel, you know, was one of those professors that I was referring to where she had experience in the industry. You know, she would teach the con, she would teach the theory. Right. And she would say, Okay, this is perfect. This is perfect world. This is this is a perfect example, right? He said, "This is how it really happens," you know. And, and and you know, whenever I was consulting with this one organization, we had this, 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 and this. You know, yes, the book says this, but eighty percent of the time, this happens, right? So mm-hmm. she brings it to life. Now, once I and that that's the academic, right? That's the so once I got into the industry. You know, I was working, I was working as a consultant for Blue Buffalo Pet Food Company. And one of their, one of their consultants, their internal consultants, he was the consultants that worked with Mark, with Walmart to get started off the ground, right? So he's seen, you know, my passion for the supply chain industry, and he just took me under his wing. You know, he taught me the ropes of the supply chain industry, right? He taught me the real world, you know, and, and, and again, and once I got to my doctoral program, I had another mentor who took it under his wing, you know, and so, so throughout, throughout my, you know, my career, I've been blessed to have mentors. And then again, it's, it, I think I'm obligated to pay it forward. You know, I had, I've had, you know, I had one student at, um, at Bloomsburg, you know, with the, at the brick and mortar institution that I work with, where I seen, I seen, I seen his passion. I seen his drive. You know, he came to my office, to my office hours. He's like, I want to do what you did. I said, no, you don't. You want to do what I did, but better. Right. So, so I'll, you know, although I'm, 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 I'm working, I'm working at Penn state, you know, in the fall, I'm still mentoring him. Mm-hmm. I've seen his drive. I said, just because I'm not here doesn't mean this is, this is going to end. Right? right. I said, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to be in this together. 
you know, and you know, because he, he wants he wants to be a management consultant, he wants to be a supply chain consultant. And going back, going back to those employers at the career fair, I said, you go, you go to that company, you call that company, and you work in that warehouse this summer. Mm. I said that will that will be invaluable experience for whenever you want to get into the supply chain industry and you want to consult an industry. Now you can say, oh, I remember that. I remember that happened at, at Keystone. You know? So, you know, and, and he can share those experiences with his clients, with his customers to validate, you know, what he's talking about. Right. That's what, that's what I did. That's what I did. That's what, that's what I think gained trust among my clients. I mean, ima- imagine a billion dollar company and a 22-year-old walks in. Mm-hmm. Trying, to, trying to tell you how to run your business, right? You know, so so yeah, and I and I shared those experiences with him because I said it's gonna be tough, it's gonna be difficult. Yeah. But once you prove yourself, once you demonstrate, you know what you're talking about. You know, you get that trust from your clients, you're in. You know, so I'm I'm kind of teaching. He again, he wants to enter into the supply chain consulting industry. You know, and I'm. I'm teaching. I'm teaching them the ropes. I'm mentoring them the ropes. You know, and again, so for those students that are, you know, transferring, you know, to the supply chain discipline, you know, I'm I'm giving them insight as to this is a different. This is a different beast. This is a different world. It's a different mm-hmm. environment. It's a different culture. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's not your traditional business environment. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. again. I'm transparent. I'm real. You know, but. If you if you want to get into the industry, it's going to be very rewarding. You're going to be able to work up the work up the corporate ladder very quickly. And I say most importantly for women, mm-hmm. it's a huge, 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 huge gap. And whenever someone, I think you're talking to Maggie. Whenever I see someone, you know, with with interest in the discipline, you know, with even with interest in, in, in project management, I say. Follow me. <laughs> I said, we got you. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that I really like about mentoring too, because you're learn. Not only are you learning from your mentor, but you're also learning from your mentee. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, reverse mentoring, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so. When I interviewed the pro of the year this year, Karen Kareen Versa from Legility, she is very into mentoring and working with college-age students too. And she told me that when the boomer workforce retires, that education is retiring with them. But when you mentor someone, you are giving them that knowledge. And then they are also giving you that knowledge of like technology or social media or anything that they have learned in school too. And it's yes. just... It's rounding out your careers. It's just making you overall better as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and that's and that you brought up. You brought up a, a, a excellent point in that you know that reverse. First off, reverse mentoring I think is a requirement. Mm-hmm. You know, in some organizations where I'm doing organizational change, where I have that big gap, you know, that big demogra- that big age gap, we do mm-hmm. reverse. Mentoring. Right. You know, especially for ERP implementation, right? You know, those people that have never worked in in, in, in technology, you know, we're we are we're gonna we're gonna buddy you up with you know someone a, a new college graduate. Right. So teach this ERP system. Now you teach them 
the operational day-to-day process within the organization, right? And now mm-hmm. you're going to work together, you know, to develop that kind of, I guess, synergy, if you will, you know, because I think that the most important piece as a leader is to show how this is going to benefit the organization, but most importantly, show how this is going to benefit both of them, right? And I, and another point is, you know, with that reverse mentoring, you know, I've learned a lot from students, and I would say that that led that led to my five TED talks on blockchain. You know, I had a student, uh, you know, send me send me a message. We were talking we were talking about technology within supply chain management, and he said, well, "How do you think blockchain would be integrated within within supply chain management?" Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, I, I knew a little bit about, you know, about, about blockchain outside of the Bitcoin, you know, but that, you know, that kind of you know, forced me to perform, you know, additional research. You know, I, I developed a number, a, a few use cases, and those use cases, you know, kind of grew in uh, visibility, you know, and again, that led to, you know, those, those, those five TED Talks on, you know, just on the, on the, on the topic of blockchain alone. You know, so again, that reverse mentoring, that collaboration is, is very important and it leads to innovation within organizations. Well, Justin, I know that we're running short on time, but that is actually all that I have for you today. Is there anything else that you would like to add? I mean, I don't really have anything. First off, I thank you for, for the opportunity. Um, if, if anyone is, is interested in connecting with me, I'm always uh, available to talk via LinkedIn. So you just look up my name, Justin Goldston, on LinkedIn and connect with me that way. And we can talk about emerging technologies and supply chain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I'm sure we'll hit you up again. Thank you so much for listening. Check back every Thursday for a new episode of Link Educate.